the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Thursday. That means we're even closer to Friday than we were on Monday. That's a good thing. It's a good, good thing. Now, wait a second, JR. You come in here, the first thing you say to me is, it's hot outside. It is. It's been so nice the last, like, three days. It's been perfect. Uh, And today I got, well, maybe, and it may just be the fact that, you know, the interior of my car is completely black. So That might have something to do with it. A little bit. And here's the other thing. Do not come into my studio anytime in the next two years and say doggone it no rain today right yeah <laughs> we've we've had enough rain anything. for uh, a good while i think so yes no you won't hear that coming out of my mouth for a All while right. very obvious the river has gone down i mean you can drive over the river bridge and see that it has gone down considerably mm-hmm but it's still rolling. I mean, you don't yep. want to get out there in a boat or anything because it'll carry you downstream before you know what happens. Yep. Well, let me just ask this. Uh, can you bring, is there anything new? Is, what are we looking at now as far as, uh, you know, the flood-related information? Well, you know, we're, we're still sort of in that. Uh, we have s- completely switched over to the recovery um, side of things. Um, and obviously that's where I think we've, we've, most people have really been asking about and, and, and what's next and that sort of thing. We went through some of the different things that will be available to folks. Uh, once the water is completely receded and they've got all those, um, uh, got all the uh, damage assessments and, and can amend the disaster declaration that the president approved over the weekend. Um, so that'll really be the important part of, of the recovery side of things is just you know, making sure we we get all those assessments, we get them to the federal government, we amend those disaster that disaster declaration to include some of the counties like Deshaies. I know Pope had some questions, so that's I think it's important for people to know that we had to get that disaster declaration in ASAP mm-hmm. so we could immediately tap into those funds and start uh, those recovery efforts. But what that disaster declaration allowed us to do was amend it as we go. As we collect those damage assessments, uh, if those counties, you know, reach certain thresholds, we can add them to that. So that that's what the important part of that was. But right now, Dave, um, you know, we're uh, they've been on the ground. Uh, FEMA, Adam, uh, some of our other agencies uh, to assess some of those damages, and we've just kind of been following following the crests as they start to recede. More boots on the ground assessing the damage there. Is it going to be? I, I... I'm probably too early to ask this question, but is it going to be one of the largest natural disasters that's ever struck the state? I, I expect so. Um, the governor mentioned in the release last week that you know uh, just the public infrastructure uh, would be more than a hundred million dollars. Um, so I, I certainly expect it to be, uh, if not the record, uh, close to it for sure, because we're talking about just wide bodies of water from the Arkansas River that have gotten into... I mean, look at it like this. When you're when you're flying overhead and we did the flyover tour, there's a lot of rail 
right along the river as well. So you have oh, to yeah. go in there and assess that. You know, what needs to be replaced there? What needs to be fixed? I think the levy uh, damages, and part of that, you know, the Corps is not going to pay for because uh, some of the levies weren't up to snuff, you know, or were deemed unacceptable. And so I think that's another silver lining in in this disaster is that, you know, we've seen what what needs to be worked on, what needs to be fixed, what needs to be strengthened. Um, so you've got a lot of these sort of levy boards around the state that are fairly new because beforehand we didn't have that before legislation, I believe, in 2017. So um, it's going to be important for us to get boots on the ground, uh, see what needs to be done to strengthen those levies. If we need to build them a little higher, you know, whatever whatever the need, um, that's what we're going to turn our focus to. But we're talking roads. There, there was, uh, I forget where it was, the Department of uh, Transportation mentioned it, that there was maybe parts of Yale County that were roads were completely washed away. I mean, so th- that those are the things that we've got to get in on there and say, okay, this is what it's going to cost. Uh, and so I expect it to be uh, record levels as far as um, spending goes. How how important are these other groups that are helping? I mean, the Baptists and mm-hmm. Red Cross, huge, and, and, and Salvation huge. Army, all of them that are getting involved, huge. Um, and you know, the the Department of Emergency Management sort of has a saying that you know all disasters are local, um, and and they're there, they're there to help FEMA and uh, get those assessments done and and help where they can and and point people in the right direction. But it's about it's about the community. It's about the counties. And so every county has an emergency operations center. Those are the ones that will sort of head up those coordinated efforts um, for faith-based organizations or charities like the Red Cross um, to say, okay, here's what we need. This is where we need it. Uh, help folks with uh, you know individual losses and, and things like that. So it's huge. Uh, and when we talk about the Baptists and faith-based organizations, I, I, you know, I would be surprised if there was a church in Arkansas uh, you know, last Sunday that did not bring up the flood yeah. and and their efforts uh, to help with that. So the volunteer efforts are just are are critical. They're paramount to us getting to past the recovery part where we can get back to our lives. You know, and and uh, and I think that's really really important. And we've seen that in the past in Arkansas, um, but this one's a bit different because it's going to take it's going to take a lot. It's going to take a lot of time, uh, a lot of cleanup efforts. We will get there. Um, it's going to be expensive, but but again, those those localized efforts, you know, the the bottled water, uh, you know, moving the debris, uh, helping with the repairs of homes, that sort of thing, are just are huge. Yeah, we we had uh, the Baptist Disaster Relief folks on uh, earlier this week, and they were just giving us some stories of they're they're working up in. Uh, Fort Smith and mm, and, yeah. and and those areas right now, they literally go in and tear out all of the nasty stuff. That's correct. And then leave it yeah. uh, at that point for the homeowner uh, to be able to repair their homes. But they got to get all of that. He said you, you could take a picture one day and take a picture the next day and just see how much that black mold was growing in those homes. Oh, yeah. And you're talking right in the middle of June. It's yeah. hot. It's humid. Um, so certainly. But I think, you know, one of the biggest parts of, of sort of the recovery efforts and, and the repair to the homes is getting rid of the stuff that's unsalvageable. Uh, and, and I think, you know, just being able to get rid of all that and then start again. Mm-hmm. To me, that first hurdle is the most difficult, you know, just going through it all. So for them to be able to offer that service uh, and, and those efforts to folks is just 
you know, uh, you can't you can't put a value on that. It's really just it's and, and also the emotional side of things. I mean, you got some families that maybe a single mom with three kids. He just doesn't and doesn't have the sort of support network that some folks have. So to have a group of of churches to come in and say. You know, we're going to help you get there. Yeah, we got your it's back. It's huge. And you talk about a witness. I mean, you know, that's an opportunity to serve, and uh, mm-hmm. and people see that firsthand. And and you you have a you have a an opportunity right now uh, to be able to show what that service looks like and to impact people's lives. It's not a Sunday sermon. You know, you're not preaching. You're you're serving. And I yeah. think that's what is such an awesome opportunity for churches right now in Arkansas to to lend a hand. Yeah, we've been we partnered up with the, the Baptist Disaster Relief folks and uh, have a, a link on our web page for people who want to help. Mm-hmm. And uh, from yesterday, I think they said about 180 people had thus That's far great. got a hold of them. And these are people going to be doing some major work. Oh, yeah, they got they got to put on the spacesuits and stuff when yeah. they go into those houses because it's just nasty. Yeah, it really is. And I and I you know we could go on and on about all the folks and organizations that have been just uh, integral in in this in the recovery efforts and well you know in in the response efforts and now the recovery efforts but uh the red cross uh national uh, excuse me the red cross the salvation army um have just been really incredible um and that's what they're here for and they really rose to the occasion uh the governor participated uh, in a telethon uh, for about an hour uh, on Wednesday of last week on KARK with the Red Cross. And I think during the three days on KARK, or I think they may have worked with some other station as well, they raised more than $100,000. Good. I mean, and that's just great, Arkansas I think, for all Arkansas- yeah, yeah, and just tell, you know, some, some folks aren't able to get out and help, you know, but they, you know, feel like they can ship in, whether it's, you know, five bucks, 20 bucks. That's right. Um, it goes a long way. And uh, and I'm telling you, this is, you mentioned it, it's 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 going to be expensive. Um, and we'll get a, I think we'll have a clearer picture in the next couple of weeks. Um, but that's not, we're not pausing, you know, as soon as I think the Shea County, there was a request to add them to the list. So it's, it's, we're moving, uh, and grooving and trying to get all that stuff, uh, hammered out. Um, but I think just the clear picture of the total damage, uh, will, will be available probably in the next few weeks. You got a picture of Becky Lau or Lowe of the Wright community in Jefferson County. And you can just look. This is a picture of her standing and looking at her, the inside of her house that is just devastated mm-hmm. because of the, fl- the flood. But I liked what she said uh, in the caption of the picture. She says, when they said it was going to be 47 feet, I told my husband, we aren't sandbagging. We're moving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very good. Yeah. That, that's probably a good decision to make they're going to lone oak is where they're moving okay well, hopefully you'll always be dry in lone oak yeah hopefully if you're not yeah if <laughs> we're you're, all gonna think trouble. it through but if you're not yeah we're all in trouble um yeah so it's uh we'll continue to update uh, on your show just what's going on with the flood recovery efforts from the state's perspective but um you know to your listeners it's it's going to take some time this is not a you know we've had some devastating uh, disasters oh, with yeah. Bologna um and uh, the Mayflower tornadoes and I remember when I was in college in Atkins I mean so on and so forth tornadoes are a big deal but but the difference is you know a tornado comes and it's gone and you immediately yeah, start the recovery it's gone. yeah 
it, this is just a different animal, um, you know, and, and you got to wait. And, you know, there's some more rain coming in some parts of the state. So that's another thing yeah, we're fingers crossed and uh, making <laughs> yeah, and making sure that uh, we're, we're paying attention to that. So uh, it's, just, you know, it's going to be uh, something we're focused on for a while. Yesterday was the first day that we could mow the bottom of our lawn. It's been wow. that wet. Yeah. It's like it, down by the bottom of my land, it's been like a swamp. Mm. And, uh, you know, no nothing like what these people are going through. But I'm just saying, it has been wet, and it looks like it's going to get wet next week. It's yeah. going to be on and off rain all Well, to long. that point, I think it just speaks to the, to the saturation. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's just not much more... Uh, Arkansas can take uh, from precipitation standpoint, so that's where and that's where people have to be careful because of the flash floods and things like mm-hmm. that. So once you know, once uh, the ground can't take much more, it's it's uh, that's where you have to be really careful. But I mean, and there's no better example than than Little Rock last week. You know, when we had about a an hour and a half of hard rainfall, and it had already covered the wa- uh, the roads in some yep. places. So I mean, that just again speaks volumes to how ask much him water over to has butcher fallen. shop over on Hermitage about that. Yeah, yeah. It flooded all of Hermitage in mm. just a matter of minutes. Yep. It's it was incredible to see that, but um, but anyway, it just kind of underscores the uh, how much rainfall and, and water we have had uh, in the last two, three, four weeks. So. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. We gotta get a break in twenty minutes after. J.R. Davis is here, governor spokesperson. We're going to talk. They had big meeting today about uh, pig farms. That's right. Up there, big the, announcement from uh, CH Hog Farms. Yeah, you know, so. we're, we're going to talk about that when we come back. For all of you who. You know, like to float uh, the river up there. It's interesting things you'll want to hear. Plus, I want to talk uh, to uh, Jr. about this whole thing about Judge Griffin and they dropped the charges and all kinds of stuff. And I want to, I want him to dig into this a little bit for us. We'll talk about it as we return on the Dave Ellswick Show right here, one hundred one one FM. The answer. All right. So, Jr. There was a meeting today big announcement i understand from what you're telling me is that uh, something going on with pig farms up there in northwest arkansas that a lot of people were concerned about that's right uh so today the governor announced and, and for folks that don't know yeah give know, some background yeah some background cnh hog farms um uh, they were granted a permit under the previous administration to operate a large-scale uh, what they what they call a concentrated animal feeding operation, so a large scale CAFO in the Buffalo River watershed, and it's very very unique as far as the situation because nothing else is like this in Arkansas. The fact that it's in the Buffalo River watershed, um, this land has been in their family for uh, quite a while, mm-hmm. um, and it was their prerogative to start this, and they, they were given a permit, um, and they did everything they were supposed to do. Um, however, that permit should have never been granted, uh, especially in the Buffalo River watershed. So this is something that um, we've obviously been well aware of. The governor's been working on for some time, you know, trying to figure out what the best way forward and how do we how do we make the farmers whole? Uh, how do we protect the Buffalo uh, National River? You know, it's a national treasure, mm-hmm. um, huge for tourism in the state. So today, the governor announced that uh, the state has reached an agreement with CNH Hog Farm. Um, to cease operations uh, there in the Buffalo River watershed uh, sometime this fall. 
Um, so they're, they'll finish up with their last uh, bit of sow um, and sell those off. And then ADEQ, ADEQ will come in and clean that up, um, and, and that'll be it. And so uh, the state, it'll be about $6 million. Um, but when you put that in perspective from the cost of litigation uh, and how long it may have taken for us to have reached some sort of resolution, it could have been years uh, tied mm-hmm. up in the courts. Um, this was this was right, and that's and that was the governor's perspective. Is he believes in the right to farm? He wants people to be able to farm. This is a unique situation, uh, and the farm family shouldn't have to pay for a mistake on the state's part. Okay. So we wanted to make sure that they were made whole, that the loans were paid off, that they've invested in this operation, um, and and that moving forward we'll get a conservation easement. So they'll still own the land because it's been in their family for generations. But because of this conservation easement, they won't be able to do things like, you know, uh, a CAFO operation moving forward. So um, really big news. Uh, very excited about it. Uh, and I got to tell you, Dave, this wasn't staff. I mean, this was the governor. He was on the phone. He was making the negotiations and that sort of thing. So um, that is, uh, that's where we are on that. And, um, I know folks are very excited. We've gotten some good feedback on both sides of the issue. And I think it was important for the governor, uh, to, to make sure that the family knew, uh, that w- this was not their fault. Um, but they, we don't need a CAFO in the Buffalo river watershed, mm-hmm. uh, and that we wanted to do right by them. And we wanted to do right by our national treasure that is the Buffalo River. And so um, I think this really is a solid balance. Uh, and it gets the state out of court. Um, and, it, uh, it, you know, as far as the timing goes, by the end of the fall, this will be over with. So, um, and that's after seven, eight years. Okay, so, so quick question. And that is, I understand that, uh, you know, they had already invested a lot of money into making this happen for their farm. So that money is in some way going to be paid back to them, and what about future monies that they figured they would make if they can't go out and do this? Now they've got to figure out what they can do. Right. Is there going to be a way for them to continue what they want to do? Uh, well, this 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 sets them up in a way that, like, it, it, first of all, the loans are taken care of. Okay. Um, and so that was something that was important. Is that if we're saying that, hey, you're good to go on this back in 2013, you invest all this money, uh, and this is your livelihood, and now we're saying that you can't do that anymore. Yeah, you can't um, take that kind of loss. No, yeah. So we want to make sure, and this is this is this isn't just one family. This is three families. Okay. Um, so this is Philip and Richard Campbell and uh, and Jason Henson. And their families is something they rely on for their livelihood, so that was something that was taken into consideration. Uh, we worked with the Nature Conservancy um, to uh, to come up with some private dollars. So it's, it's the large the large majority will be from the state, but there will be about at least a million, maybe a little more, of private dollars uh, that will that will help us kind of close the gap from what we said we could do as a state and what it was worth and that sort of thing. Uh, and and then where the farmer said this is what we need and able to you know in order to shut this down and so that was that was great sort of that public private partnership to get us in uh, this situation so all in all uh, really good day for the state really good news for the Buffalo River and honestly good news for the farming family as well all right let's take a break J.R. Davis governor spokesperson in the studio back with us after the news. All right, so if you missed what we just talked about in the first half hour, just let you know that uh, the uh, the hog farming and all of that that's been going up uh, by the buffalo 
is going to come to an end by the fall. Things are going to get cleaned up, and we've got a happy, you know, fix for the whole thing. Just so you'll know, that's that that's the Dave Ellswick way of telling you what J.R. Davis just told us a moment ago. Did I, did I do okay? That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> I liked it. I'll, 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 I'll give everybody my my feelings on it as far as that's. Just as a side, because I was just mentioning to you about uh, Linda Collins a moment ago. She used to come on my show, and she used to say to me, she'd say, Dave, I'm going to tell you what I think. Then I'd like you to tell everybody what I think in the way you tell them. (laughs) I like (laughs) that. Which is nice. That's a nice way of of saying that I know you'll tell them the truth, but you'll take all the varnish off while you do it. So I that like was that. fun. I, I like I, that. I, I miss her already. I really miss her. I do. And uh, by the way, just so you'll know, the viewing's Friday, tomorrow night, and the, the, the um, funeral will be on Saturday at 10 a.m. at where her, her church was out there in Pocahontas. Keep that in mind. If you need any information, uh, just check out things uh, on the website uh, up there. Fear, I think it's Fear Funeral Home, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. All right, with that in in said, let's talk about I was really kind of stunned by this and I got to believe the governor's kind of stunned by it. And that is uh the folks uh with the Judicial Discipline and Disability Commission confirmed yesterday that the commissioners had met the previous evening and decided to dismiss the complaint against uh, Judge Griffin, quote, based on special counsel's failure the prosecute, unquote. Sounds to me like somebody dropped the ball on this one, Jr. Uh, what? How? How does the governor feel about this? You know, I haven't had a chance to discuss with him yet about this. Just obviously with today's news and and everything else going on. But I think there was. Uh, I mean, I think the initial reaction anyone paying attention was the was the you know the reason that too much time had gone by. Yeah. Uh, so that was strange. I don't know how much more I can probably say, uh, but yeah. I think just I think that sort of uh, common sense was you know just sort of the the initial reaction. I think probably for most people was just oh that seems like a strange reason. Yeah, that too it sure much does. time went by. Uh, I wish that was the way like you know credit card companies and things were like you know like ah <laughs> oh, too much time's gone by. Don't worry about it. Yeah, you don't have to pay us back. <laughs> don't worry about don't it. Yeah, do that. but anyway, I did think that was strange. Yeah, it says that Miller, and I'm speaking of Marie, is it Bernade Miller? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. How she pronounces that. Said that no decision was made in the merits of the case. Folks, how long have you had this case and you haven't even yeah. decided the merits of the case? Yeah. That's, it just amazes to me. I, the legislature will have something to say about oh, this. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I haven't been on Twitter today, but I bet you there's probably already some comments i bet you i so. can make a real quick <laughs> couple of hits out there i was about to say you could probably line up a couple guests yeah. real fast <laughs> i don't want to talk Next about 20 this. 30 minutes and we'll make sure it happens i i knew that robert steinbach was going to be on with me today at four o'clock so and it's something we'll talk about for sure yep and it's it's something that has to be discussed because there's some real serious serious things in this i mean we're talking about a judge that was trying to sue the Supreme Court of Arkansas. Absolutely. And I think when you're talking about just the, the merits of of the 
the action against him as far as, you know, we go back, this was 2017, uh, when, you know, he ruled on the execution drugs yep. and immediately took part in uh, an, an execution or an anti-execution rally. Yep. And I just think, you know, you're talking about, look, this is, you should feel free to believe what you believe, vote how you want to vote, all that sort of stuff. But when you are a judge on a bench, uh, you know, you, people need to be able to 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 go before you and know that um, that there's no bias there, and you're looking at just the facts. and And I think that's just part of it. And so, I think it was very clear, at least to those of us that were uh, involved with all that at the time, that you know, when you go out there and and you 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 pin something to your chest and and you uh, you you play out the the act of an execution and then don't uh, recuse yourself yeah that that's alarming mm-hmm. um so uh but again that's probably uh, that's probably about as much as i can yeah, say on this at this point but yeah i think just the initial reaction for most po- folks is probably just curious as to you know how can that be the reason uh just not you know too just much time let all my folks so. know i'll be making some calls today and getting some guests on to talk about it because it it smells bad, I'm just saying. It's very strange, for sure. That's the way I look at it. It's strange, according to JR. It <laughs> smells really bad. Dave Ellswick, okay, yeah. just so you know that that's the case. But what you hear me say is my thoughts only. All right, what did you think about – have you had a chance to look at the front page of the local section? Uh, I've had a chance to look at the front page. I haven't had much chance today to read through it. A um, lot of stuff today. The, the other piece that was interesting, and I, I just saw this before we came on the air – Campaign gift time limit has been challenged. Uh, a judge is asking for more facts from Arkansan, who wants to boost 22 candidates, not 22 number of candidates, 2,022 candidates. Uh, a federal judge said yesterday that he needs more details before he can decide whether a Pulaski County woman, Peggy Jones, can pursue a challenge of a state law that bars candidates for state office from accepting campaign contributions more than two years before an election. I think if you want to give to somebody who's going to be a candidate, you should be able to give it whenever you want to give it. Yeah, that's that reads strange to me. I think that, you know, uh, yeah, absolutely. If you're, I mean, you know, I know, I know there has to be some parameters in place for certain things, but if you're running for something and, yeah, you're collecting uh, donations now, then that's our contributions now, then that's, uh, you know, yeah. I don't know. Judge Moody. I'm, I'm always very, I'm always hesitant to make sure I haven't read fully that story, but okay. yeah, that, that, uh, that sounds strange, but um, I know there's, there's a lot of uh, moving pieces in, you know, some of the campaign finance oh, stuff. I'm and sure there are. Stuff, so I, I, I want to get a better idea. And I apologize. Usually, uh, my mornings start out with trying to read everything that I possibly can before I get into work. And this morning, Uh-oh. the governor sneakily moved his basketball game, uh, his weekly <laughs> basketball game from Fridays to Thursdays. So I was out the door early this morning. Um, and so I haven't had a chance to go through all that. So. All right. Just to let you know, District Judge James Moody said that the way he reads the law, it prohibits candidates from accepting campaign contributions, but doesn't necessarily prohibit donors from donating. Well, why would you donate if you know that the candidate can't take the money? Well, you should put it in like a 
like a holding? I don't know. A trust or something. Anyway, yeah, if Jones isn't subject to being penalized by the law, he said, she may not have a good enough reason to sue. Hmm. This is going to be really interesting. I'm, I'm interested because if there's, that's going, there's somebody that's behind this. I don't know who it is. I'm sure that there's somebody behind this because they're wanting to get to jump on other candidates or something. Oh, man. You just... I said it earlier. There's just a lot of moving pieces right now. It's going to be a very interesting 2022. And it all starts so soon. Oh, it does. And it seems like every year things start, uh, uh, you know, further and further back. But uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. I think the the governor's race. Uh, you know, we'll, we we will talk about that another time. But yeah. I'm I'm sure it's going to be you know interesting and and at times fun to watch. It will so. kick off next year. Yeah. Well, it's already well, kicked off. I'm already yeah. hearing. Yeah, we're just 2019. It's it's unbelievable that in some ways we're we're close to the halfway point in 2019. Doesn't mm-hmm. seem doesn't seem real. The governor spoke at the municipal league. That's where he made his announcement today, and we were joking around that it, this is once a year, and and it feels like just yesterday we were at the municipal league. Uh, you know, at the, at the same event. I mean, I, I, if I had to guess, I would have said that was like three or four months ago. <laughs> it's, yeah. been a, it's been a year since then. So time's moving fast. It's quick. Um, but yeah, it'll be an interesting 2020. I do want to talk about quickly, if you don't mind, Dave, is uh, the governor is headed on his trade mission on Saturday. Oh, okay. He'll, so he's leaving Saturday. Where is he going? So he's headed over to Europe on the trade mission. He hasn't been on one in a little bit. Uh, Obviously, we had the elections last year, so he stayed close to home. But he's made this a priority. Uh, Every year he's been in office is is making sure he's getting out and about marketing Arkansas. Uh, We did one quick trip to New York uh, and talked to a lot of the the business publications and things, talking about what we've done here in Arkansas. We had a lot to talk about uh, with, you know, moving our income tax rate down, the corporate corporate tax reform, all those sorts of things. Um, But this will be an opportunity for the governor to, you know, hit on aerospace uh, and our defense uh, industry here in Arkansas. Any Uh, any, any thoughts uh, on the governor's part about was it Raytheon and, and who were thinking about joining forces? There was another large, um, is it Northrop? You know, I'm not sure. I, you, I feel like I've been living under a rock for the last week. <laughs> I think that, I, you I have thought more information I, than I do yeah, on stuff. I thought I had seen where they were going to join. They're going to be one of the biggest aerospace uh, conglomerates out there, and I'm excited for Arkansas if that happens. Well, you know, we have such an incredible aero defense industry that people don't really think about in arkansas but um and you know when you talk about uh camden and, and what goes on down there with aerojet rocketdyne and we do have some raytheon and um and a lot of those lockheed martin um and and then you know you take a look at a Dassault falcon jet mm-hmm. uh, that anybody in the world who purchases a Dassault falcon jet comes to little rock to pick it up that's right uh, and so that's exciting and, and our relationships i think with a uh, really and truly let me just speak to that for a second so i'll run through this quickly the governor's going on his trade mission uh it is going to be a a rough and tumble trade mission because they're hitting up about four countries in eight days and so wow. they're 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 going in meet, having those meetings uh building those relationships uh pitching arkansas to some companies he mentioned today going after an automobile manufacturer so we're we're they they have an agenda they know what they want to do they're going to get in and get out come back home and hopefully we'll we'll have uh sowed those seeds uh, sowed 
the seeds uh, for economic development. So that just sounds really weird to me now that I said it. Yeah, um, you did good. But there you go. So um, sown. I think that sown, sown, is it sown the seeds? Is that past tense? That's or past tense. So, what's sown? So you've sown, sown the seeds. So maybe it's, okay, I get you. Well, Russ is better at this than I am. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so bottom line, making the pitch, uh, and, and hopefully we'll see some things come to fruition, uh, even on this trade mission. I think there's an opportunity there. But he'll start in Paris for the Paris Air Show, uh, and that's where you'll have the real, you know, the, the big defense industries and the private industries and things like the SoFalcon Jet, and, and they'll, they'll uh, have those conversations there. Uh, he's going to be talking about steel. Uh, and they'll be going to Germany. Uh, they'll be headed to Switzerland, and and then Prague. Obviously, with the Czech Republic being our our latest yeah. success story, uh, with CZ opening their first manufacturing plant here in Arkansas, and their headquarters, which will be here in the port in Little Rock, uh, six hundred plus jobs over the next six years. So, um, but I'll tell you, Dassault Falcon Jet, just our relationship there that we've we've established over the years as a state, but really in this administration, um, has really spoken volumes to. Uh, to groups like CZ, you know, to say, mm-hmm. look, this is a family from from, and a lot of the executives are from Paris, and they're over here now, and just talking about what a wonderful state and the relationship that, you know, we're not, they're not just here in the initial stages; they're here throughout. Uh, as the state, you know, as the state goes, we want to be helpful as po- as possible, bring in more jobs, help them expand. Same thing with Six Hour, you know up in the northeast now here in arkansas in jacksonville they're expanding it seems like every day um but that relationship with Dassault falcon jet really helped us with cz because they see the sort of partnership that they have as a foreign company mm-hmm. uh you know that has a headquarters or and a plant here in arkansas so uh that was really important and i think that's that's you know now we have six hour trumpeting to the rest of the nation what a great place arkansas is to do business we have cz and Dassault falcon jets telling europe you know what a uh Great place to do business in Arkansas. If you're looking to expand in North America, this is the place to do it. So we're we're really uh, we've talked about this before. We're 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 cooking with jet fuel at this point, and we're just trying to make sure we're keeping up those relationships uh, and and doing what we can to to cultivate uh, new relationships and new opportunities here in Arkansas. So it'll be about eight days. He leaves Saturday. He'll be back next weekend, um, and and so we'll hear from him a little bit while he's over there. Uh, hopefully, we'll have some some uh, announcements or one or two or something like that so um, it's all good it's it's exciting so that's what we've been dealing with floods and and the legislature and all that sort of stuff but uh, at this point um, uh, you know he gets to turn his attention a little bit back to economic developments and bringing in companies uh, so Arkansans can can have more opportunities at more better high-paying jobs gotcha all right we need to do our final break then we'll have our final words with jr davis the governor spokesperson all right so i looked up the story on raytheon it's united technologies united technologies yeah oh that that's their that's that's they're combining with that's who they're combining with it's going to be called if it's approved it'll be called raytheon technologies corporation and uh I think I, I read to you it was seventy nine billion dollars between in, the two, in two yeah. companies. They said in the first year they'll save one billion dollars in getting rid of duplicate services. Yeah, there you go. Some I'm, I'm just sector. saying. I'm, I, I'd like to know. You know, just I wish I could sit as a fly in the meeting rooms and listen about what that's going to mean for us here in the state because we got big. We're big fans of Raytheon. 
Yeah, we've got we've got a good relationship uh, for sure, and uh, and like I said, it's it's uh, I can't stress enough how important it is to just have those relationships, you know. And when a company is comfortable uh, and and has seen success in your state before, it makes pulling the trigger on other things a whole lot easier. Sure. And so, I mean, the same thing. I know I bring up CZ a lot, but that is the most recent. But you know, really, when you're talking about uh, some of the Chinese companies that have uh, uh, come to Arkansas in the last four years, whether it's Ricever uh, up in Jonesboro or uh, uh, you know, Pet One pet products up there in Fort Smith, or you know, the TM One uh, garment factory that's in Little Rock. I mean, you know, and we've got some other things in the pipeline as well. I know Sun Paper still; it's taken a while, but they're moving forward. That's what's that's what's exciting when you have a global impact like Arkansas does. You know, that's that's the best piece of marketing you can have. Sure, you know, because you can see, hey, this place has a tremendous amount to offer. Um, and and uh, and those states willing to do business, you know, and I think that's what's so important is when you have someone like the governor, when you can have a CEO, you know, meet face to face with the governor, and the governor can tell you, this is what I'm committed to, this is what we're going to do, here's my economic development chief, you know, what do we need to do to get this done, and uh, and and that's that just that's that carries a lot of weight uh, when you're. Um, you know, when you're dealing with states and, and, you know, like if you're dealing with an economic development chief in another state, that's one thing, right? But if you've got the governor and you got his attention and, and he's having those conversations, it carries a lot of weight in those decisions for sure, which has been very nice for Arkansas in the last four and a half years. Yeah, I would think so. Pretty cool stuff. Good stuff. And that's why the governor will make his trip over to Europe. Because I'm going to tell you what, the, the big uh, business magazines like Forbes and others, they write about this stuff. Yep. And CEOs see this kind of Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. Everybody has their, their uh, sort of what they read in the mornings and sort of things like that. And, and Arkansas is developing a reputation, and it's a good reputation. Uh, and they've seen the successes here. And the cost of doing business here in Arkansas is just Incredible! I think we're we're the third state with the best cost of doing business, the lowest cost of doing business, and and that's something that they pay attention to, and they see the commitment. It's not just the governor saying we're business friendly, uh, but the governor saying like we're business friendly and watch our actions. So we're saying mm-hmm. we're business friendly. Look at our corporate tax reform. We're business friendly. Look at what we've done with the income tax rate, dropping it to you know by one percent. Uh, those are important things for people to see. Talk is one thing, action's another. When you combine the two, that's when you start seeing the fruits of those labors. No, the big things happen. They yep. just happen. That's right. Oh, that's very cool. All right. You, you brought up something earlier in the show. I want to bring it back just for a second. Okay. And that's the gubernatorial race okay. that's in, right. in the future. Have have the, the people – I mean, we know some of the players already – but have have they started trying to go out and lay out their their lines of of defense and offense yet? You know, I haven't seen. I'm sure they have. Uh, you know, behind closed doors, sort of things. That's where I think right now you start sort of building those coalitions and and that support now mm-hmm. privately. Yeah, you're gonna need it. Yeah, and uh, but no, I don't think I've seen a whole lot of of public. Uh, uh, actions as of yet if you're not paying attention i should say mainstream public uh okay so here's the question has has anybody you know sent uh you know a box of wine to the governor <laughs> or what i'm just kidding no course, well but. i'll tell you this the governor you ask him and he is uh he is direct and to the point that he has four years 
and he's going to utilize every bit of it. Yeah, for his uh, and, administration. Well, sure, yeah, but he's this is he sees this as a uh, he's not looking at this as a halfway point. He's saying that you've got eight years because uh, the people of Arkansas decided to give him another four, but he's got eight years to 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 accomplish his agenda and put things in place that'll that'll leave the state better than he found it. And I think uh, that's that's his focus right now. So if anyone wants to talk about campaigns, I'd wait until November of 2022. So. <laughs> okay, that sounds good. JR, I thank you for coming in. It's always a pleasure. You'll be glad to get your wife back this uh, this weekend. That's right. That's right. She's uh, she's working hard, and, and so I'm, I'm it's dog tough. sitting. It's tough. Uh, I'm just saying tough doing the laundry and keeping your own underwear clean. Okay, we'll leave it there. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate you. Thanks so much, JR. All right, we'll see you next Thursday. I will continue the show unless you're listening at 5 o'clock, and then we'll be getting to the end of the show right now. All right, we're ready to move into the uh, second hour here. I just sent out a a quick text, uh, Ross. Hopefully, uh, State Senator Trent Garner will get it, and we'll hear what he has to say uh, about this dropping of the charges uh, on uh, uh, Judge Griffin. Uh, let's talk about that just for a moment because I think it, that's, to me, the biggest local story uh, here. It's on the front page of the Arkansas section of the Demgas today. Uh, the front page of uh, the Demgas has another story about the river flooding, which is understandable and where people are. This time they're talking about Pendleton. Uh, they talked about the uh, ex-executive that worked for Preferred Family Health Care, which was once Arkansas's largest behavioral health care provider. And he's admitted to taking part in a conspiracy. This from a story by Lisa Hammersley and Eric Bisson of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Uh, said that uh, he took part in a conspiracy to bribe former state senator Jeremy Hutchinson to secure legislative favors that, according to a plea agreement, filed yesterday in U.S. District Court in western Missouri, named the person as Robin Ravendran, 63, of Little Rock, pleaded guilty to one count of conspiring with former top preferred family executives Milton Russell or Rusty Cranford and married couple Tom and Benita Goss to pay Hutchinson $35,625 between 2014 and 2016, according to uh, court documents. So we got to just keep an eye on that as it makes its way uh, through all the people making their statements and making their accusations. And then wait for the trial when he gets here. Because everybody is presumed innocent until proven guilty. At least on my show they are. But we'll keep giving you the information that has been, uh, you know, coming out as the story has been progressing outside the courtroom. Uh, But this is the big story, I think, that was going on here in Arkansas, Arkansas Judicial Watchdog. This is a story by John Morantz from the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Tuesday, dismiss ethics charges against Pulaski County Circuit Judge Wendell Griffin, bringing to an end its long-running investigation into Griffin's 2017 
anti-death penalty demonstration in front of the governor's mansion. Uh, Marie Miller, an attorney for the Judicial Discipline and Disability Commission, confirmed that the commissioners had met the previous evening and decided to dismiss the complaint against Griffin, quote, based on special counsel's failure to prosecute. In other words, they let the clock run out. This group did. The commission, whose executive director, David Sacker, had recused from the case after it also ensnared the entire Arkansas Supreme Court, had appointed two out-of-state attorneys to prosecute the case against Griffin. A succession of difficulties involving one of the attorney's military duties and the other's health problems had caused long delays, though a trial was scheduled to begin today. Trial was supposed to start today. Griffin's attorneys sought to have the case dismissed earlier this month, arguing that it had run past an 18-month deadline for the commission to consider complaints. The commission rejected that request, and after excluding some of the delays that were granted at the request of Griffin's legal team, it concluded that, as of today, a little more than two weeks remained before the deadline. Then, special counsel Rachel Michael of Mississippi requested to be recused from the case, Miller said, potentially pushing the trial back beyond the deadline. Miller said the commission declined Michael's request to recuse, but also determined that the case could not go forward before the deadline. The commission decided to drop the matter. Must be nice. No decision was made in the merits of the case, Miller said. Uh, Arkansas Times first reported on the dismissal. Uh, Wednesday morning, signing public statements released by Griffin. Griffin's attorney, Mike Locks, I guess, L-A-U-X, added to his frequent criticisms of the commission's handling of the case, calling the original charges baseless, not true, and questioning why no news release was put out announcing that the complaint had been dismissed. Quote, in the end, nobody wanted their names associated with this. He said, that belongs. Griffin's decision to stage a protest against the death penalty in April of 17. You heard a little bit about this in the last hour when uh, J.R. was here. Coincided with a series of executions the state planned to carry out that month. The same day, he held his protest in front of the governor's mansion. Griffin issued a legal ruling that temporarily threatened to stall the executions That decision was later overturned, and four of eight planned executions went ahead as scheduled. As a result of his protest, Griffin was barred by the Arkansas Supreme Court from hearing further cases involving the death penalty, rightly so. If you're going to go out and make it public knowledge, wear tags on you, wear you know, uh, a costume and lay on a cot in front of the governor's mansion saying you don't believe in the death penalty, you shouldn't be out there making any decisions on death penalty cases. Uh, Griffin himself filed ethics charges against the seven members of the Supreme Court, alleging that they had violated his right 
to due process and stripping him of cases. The commission dismissed charges against each of the justices in November, determining that no evidence of fraud, uh, corrupt motives, or bad faith existed in the justices' actions. An attorney for the justices, Robert Peck, said Wednesday that he had been notified of dismissal charges against Griffin in an email from the commission. While the justices were not a party to the complaints against Griffin, Peck had successfully squashed an effort earlier this month to force the justices to testify. Miller, the commission attorney, said an order will be created in the next few days to fully explain the decision. I think you should have that together and ready to go when you do what they've done. should be able to, dis- to uh, explain when you do. Uh, Miller said that would happen. The uh, lawyer for Griffin, however, said the matter was not over and suggested he, he's going to file a federal lawsuit on Griffin's behalf, though he declined to elaborate on who would be sued. This is an employment issue now, he said. Griffin had previously sued the Supreme Court justices in federal court over their decision to strip him of capital cases. That suit was dismissed by a federal judge in Little Rock, whose ruling was supported by the 8th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in St. Louis. The U.S. Supreme Court declined to hear uh, the case. So um, everybody knew that that was the right thing for the justices to do. At least I feel it was the right thing for them to do. I mean, if you're going to go out and say you're against the death penalty, you should recuse yourself from cases dealing uh, with the death penalty. I would just like to know, you know, this whole thing, and I guess I'm going to find out in a couple of days. Let's see if they publish that story on Saturday, because, you know, that Saturday is where they put things in the paper not to be read. But... uh, you know, if they, we'll see about what Miller says. You know, why this big screw-up over 18 months of not being able to pursue this uh, particular uh, piece of litigation? I, I don't understand uh, why uh, that has uh, occurred. All right, don't forget about Sonny's. Sunnies can take good care of you for recycled auto parts. That's Sunnies Auto Salvage, of course. Number one choice for recycled auto parts. You know, when a car crashes and uh, the insurance company totals it, doesn't mean that all the pieces that the car is made up no longer work. Uh, in fact, probably most of the car would work. Uh, except for, you know, maybe uh, steering columns, things of that nature. That's why when I replaced the motor in my uh, car, my SUV, my Acadia, I didn't go buy a a completely rebuilt motor. It's expensive. It's not cheap. It's expensive to have that done. But I did buy a motor from a car that didn't have a whole lot of miles on it, Motor was in good shape. It was tested by Sunnies. It ran fine. And so I saved over 50% putting one of those motors in my car. And my car uh, had that done several months ago. And my car runs like a you know Swiss watch right now. Doing a great, great job. On top of that, just before I put the motor in, I put 
a transmission in from a total loss vehicle, but the transmission was still in great shape. So when you buy these parts from uh, Sonny's Auto Salvage, you're going to get a standard warranty. You're going to get a guarantee. You get one, two, three-year warranties on all the parts. So remember, there's only one place to buy a Sonny's Auto Salvage guaranteed auto part, and it's at Sonny's Auto Salvage. Number one choice for recycled auto parts. Let them explain how it all works out to you. I just tell you, you're going to save a lot of money, and you can get pieces of equipment that work really, really well. 982-7451. All right, so something, a, a story just broke with the Washington Times that I have to tell you I really uh, find interesting. Uh, I don't think anybody else has said anything about this yet. White House Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders is stepping down, President Trump said today. The president tweeted that, quote, our wonderful Sarah Huckabee Sanders uh, will be leaving the White House at the end of the month and going home to the great state of Arkansas. She's a very special person with extraordinary talents who has done an incredible job, Mr. Trump said. He continued, and this is where it gets really interesting. I hope she decides to run for governor of Arkansas. She would be fantastic. Sarah, thank you for a job well done. I wonder if she said anything to the president about running for governor here in the state. I hadn't heard anything out there. No, no uh, rumors, you know, flitting around. So kind of interesting. That's put that there. That that will make uh, the next election in 2022 and uh, the primary leading up to it really, really interesting with some of the names that we've heard already that would like to take the place of Governor Asa Hutchinson when it's all said and done. So uh, we'll keep our eyes peeled for that one, won't we? And uh, that'll come back up when uh, it gets closer. Another story just coming out of Alabama. As he dips his toe into politics, Former big-time college football coach Tommy Tuberville has at least one element politicians want, name recognition. Mr. Tuberville is seeking Republicans' nomination to run for Alabama Senate seat next year, and his campaign says its new polling shows that he's well-positioned, leading the potential field with 23% ahead of former state Supreme Court Chief Justice Roy Moore, who has 18%. U.S. Representative Bradley Byrne has 16%. John Merrill of Alabama's Republican Secretary of State polled at 7 and Republican State Representative Arnold Mooney, 2%. Eric Iverson, President and CEO of Moore Information Group, 
which conducted the poll, said Mr. Tuberville is not only well-known, but he also benefits from being an outsider, with 65% of likely GOP primary voters voting and preferring someone who has not spent years in office. Tuberville is the top choice of those voters as well. Chief Justice Moore, Mr. Merrill have not yet announced candidacies yet. Mr. Mooney, 68, did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Mr. Burns, 64, downplayed the survey, saying it wasn't surprising. Mr. Tuberville's eternal polling gave him an advantage. He also said the poll was built strictly around name recognition. Seth Morrow, the Byrne campaign manager, said they'll grow as their candidate becomes better known. Quote, our campaign has the resources, grassroots support to make sure voters across Alabama get to know Bradley and his record as a conservative reformer who supports President Trump and his effort to drain the swamp. The poll did not give any hints as to whether Mr. Tuberville suffers from his association with the Auburn University Tigers, the uh, football team he coached for years, including an undefeated season in 2004. Such success can only come with victories in the Iron Bowl, the annual game between Auburn and the University of Alabama, a rivalry so uh, vitriolic an Alabama fan was once convicted of poisoning beloved trees on the Auburn campus. But for now, he's resonating with some voters. Tuberville just hit that nerve that reminded me of Trump, said Donna Haymaker, a Republican from Huntsville. I saw many similarities in Mr. Tuberville and President Trump. Not a politician's, an outsider, new perspective, wants to get things done. Conservative, tough on the illegal immigration, and would stand up to the establishment. Republicans are seeking to unseat Senator Doug Jones, a Democrat who in 2017 captured the seat once held by Republican Senator Jeff Sessions. In that race, Mr. Jones defeated Mr. Moore, long a controversial figure in Alabama, who also found himself fending off various charges of improper behavior with young women from his days as a young prosecutor. Although Mr. Moore has not revealed if he will run again in 2020 and his participation has been actively discouraged by President Trump and other Republicans, the former justice is widely expected to announce his candidacy by the end of this month. That would certainly complicate GOP efforts to unseat Mr. Jones, who is rated the most vulnerable U.S. senator by most political prognosticators. Mr. Tuberville's campaign poll found Mr. Moore would enter the race with a 48% unfavorable rating within the GOP. The poll of 650 likely Republican primary voters was taken June 11th at a margin of error of plus or minus four percentage points. So that's a race everybody will be watching because, as uh, they said, and makes sense, uh, they think that the the judge, Moore, will just have so many unfavorables against him. It would be hard uh, for him to win if he was uh, the candidate. But it's looking uh, very well that uh, there's a good chance that um, 
Tuberville might get the nod, but it's still early. We've got to keep all of this in, uh, in, in mind. And the uh, state senator that I sent a text out to to comment about Griffin said that he's busy right now, can't come on the show. We'll get him on here in the next few days. This is a story that's going to linger for a while. And uh, we'll get some other people to come on and ask. And uh, I hope questions the same way I am of why they have dropped uh, this this, this uh, deal and, uh, in, in, you know, quoting the deadline that no decision was made in Griffin's 2017 protest. Uh, some doesn't smell right on this. Got to find out what's going on and we'll get out there and try to get some people on to talk about it. All right, we got news coming up when we come back. I'm sure you're aware of the attack in the Gulf of Hamuz today of two oil tankers. Who is responsible? Well, the Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, has said who he thinks it is. I'll tell you who they who he says when we return. Didn't like that weather forecast, man. Several inches of rain? Don't need no seven inches of stinking rain. I'm just saying. Several, not seven. Several. I just said, several inches of rain. You followed it up with seven. Well, maybe that's what it'll be, but it's going to be several. All right. We don't need several of anything as far as rain goes. We don't need one plus anything. We don't even need one. Rain, rain, go away. I should have had you play the rain chant from Woodstock. Stay away. We don't need any more water. And the bottom, Rush, the bottom of my front yard just dried up. I don't need any more rain out at the at the house. Like a swamp down there as it is. Just if you just missed the big announcement, we just Sarah uh, Huckabee Sanders is uh, giving up uh, the podium at the, the at the White House. Says she'll not. To continue on as press secretary at the end of this month. The interesting part of that story is what the president said when he gave her a nice send off with great and glowing words and then said that uh, she'd make a good governor of Arkansas. And she's coming back to Arkansas. So we get her back. I'll, I'll make the, the initial phone calls here this week and we'll see if we can't get her on when she gets back. Hey, don't forget about PI Roofing Home Solutions. Excited and announcing uh, they've got Tommy's Gutter Cleaning Services now so you can get the professional cleaning of your gutter from the great professionals at PI Roofing and Home Solutions. I mean, I've been talking for years about what they do as far as their roofing programs, not only just you know fixing your roof, but coming out and looking at your roof and making sure your roofing uh, that you have on your home is going to protect uh, your house because it's your last line of defense against Mother Nature and then their home repair uh, service that they have where you get the expertise of the professionals to come in and, uh, you know, fix any leaks that you might have. You know, it could be a ceiling leak, could between, be between uh, drywall and, uh, you know, you get... Uh, you know, some bad things growing between there. You need to get it fixed. They can help you out with that. All you have to do is check it out. Go to piroofing.com. That's uh, piroofing, that's one word, dot com, 
And Joel and Veronica Johnson, the owners of PI Roofing, uh, their people will get a hold of you and work everything out. That is piroofing.com. All right. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo said today that attacks earlier today on two oil tankers in the Gulf of Oman were carried out by Iranian forces. Quote, this assessment is based on intelligence, the weapons used, the level of expertise needed to execute the operation, recent similar Iranian attacks on shipping, and the fact that no proxy group operating in the area has the resources or the proficiency to act with such a high degree of sophistication. As the Secretary of State was speaking, President Trump said Iran and the U.S., quote, are not ready for any kind of cooperation. Mr. Trump noted that the Japanese Prime Minister, a close ally of the U.S., had been visiting Tehran as a possible mediator today. While I very much appreciate the Prime Minister going to Iran to meet with the Ayatollah Ali Khamenei, I personally feel that it's too soon to even think about making a deal, Mr. Trump said. Of course, he reported that on Twitter. In reference to the Japanese Prime Minister's meeting with Iran's supreme leader. They're not ready, and neither are we, Mr. Trump said in the tweet. The comments come from Mr. Trump and Mr. Pompeo came after early morning attacks today on two oil tankers near near the uh, Persian Gulf, left dozens of sailors stranded off the coast of Iran, and, uh, of course, ratcheted up already heightened tensions in the region. The uh, U.S. Navy's Fifth Fleet responded to the incident, uh, which saw two vessels, the M.T. Front Altar and the Kokuka Courageous, flagged from the Marshall Islands, and Panama, respectfully, stranded at sea after reports of explosions aboard and a suspected torpedo attack. The front altar was traveling to Taiwan, and the uh, Kokuka was on its way to Singapore. Quote, we are unaware of the reported attack on shipping vessels, or we are aware of the reported attack on shipping vessels in the Gulf of Oman, U.S. naval forces in the region received two separate distress calls at 6.12 a.m. local Bahrain time and a second one at 7 a.m. U.S. Navy ships are in the area and are rendering assistance, said the Navy. The reported attacks come just weeks after another incident in the region in which four oil tankers were struck by mines and attacked the U.S. and its regional allies blamed on Iran. Took place shortly after the Trump administration announced a major new embargo on Iranian oil exports. After today's attack, Iran's state-run Islamic Republic news agency said Iran was helping to evacuate the uh, stranded sailors. Iran's foreign minister, Mohammad Zarif, appeared to deny the attacks and described them as suspicious. So uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, they flew under Panamanian and uh, a Japanese flag. I just hope the Iranians are smart enough 
not to try to um, do anything to a oil tanker flying under the American flag or one of the tankers flying a flag of one of our very, very close allies. That would probably be a very dumb thing to do, to say the least, would be a dumb thing to do. All right, let's take a break. I mean, there's, we're not close to war or anything, but the Gulf of Hormuz, the Straits of Hormuz, by the way, Gulf of Oman, very, very, very uh, tenuous place to be doing that, that kind of stuff because you could end up blocking traffic going through that area. And about 30% of all the the world's oil has to go through there. So if it gets clogged up, there'd be a lot of upheaval in places uh, that uh, we wouldn't want upheaval to take our, uh, take uh, take place. Yeah, Russ. Oh, nothing you want? Okay. Let's get a break. We got to do that. Uh, take our final break during this 3 o'clock hour. A lot of breaking news this hour. Tuberville and with Sarah, you know, Huckabee Sanders and all the rest that's going on. And we'll keep you up on everything here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about David Lucas Financial and what they're doing. Uh, He's got another one of his meetings tonight, but I think it's too late to to get involved with it about Social Security. But, you know, have you ever wondered how other people get away with paying fewer taxes than everyone else? Well, learn the little-known strategies that can help you save tens of thousands of dollars in taxes with a free tax reduction analysis that you can get from David Lucas of the David Lucas uh, Financial uh, Company. He's the host of David Lucas Show. You hear it right here on The Answer at 1011 on Saturdays, 10 o'clock, 3 o'clock. This free analysis will reveal the little-known strategies and loopholes that could help you save thousands of dollars in taxes with your IRA, 401K, Social Security benefits, and more. So to get your free analysis, just be one of the first 10 callers right now at 501 501- Six five three sixty six ninety. It's your opportunity to save thousands of dollars of taxes in retirement. That's five zero one six five three sixty six ninety. Hey, we got Pompeo uh, today, Secretary of State Pompeo, talking about Iran. Here, here's some uh, audio from him talking to the press today. Uh, good afternoon. It is the assessment of the United States government that the Islamic Republic of Iran is responsible for the attacks that occurred in the Gulf of Oman today. This assessment is based on intelligence, the weapons used, the level of expertise needed to execute the operation, recent similar Iranian attacks on shipping, and the fact that no proxy group operating in the area has the resources and proficiency to act with such a high degree of sophistication. This is only the latest in a series of attacks instigated by the Islamic Republic of Iran and its surrogates against American and allied interests. And they should be understood in the context of 40 years of unprovoked aggression against freedom-loving nations. On April 22nd, Iran promised the world that it would interrupt the flow of oil through the Strait of Hormuz. It is now working to execute on that promise. In early May, the Revolutionary Guard Corps attempted the covert deployment of modified DAOs capable of launching missiles. On May 12th, Iran attacked four commercial ships near the Strait of Hormuz. On May 14th, Iran-backed surrogates attacked by armed drones 
struck two strategically important oil pipelines in the Saudi Arabia. On May 19th, a rocket landed near the U.S. Embassy in Baghdad. On May 31st, a car bomb in Afghanistan wounded four U.S. service members, killed four Afghan civilians, and wounded bystanders. Yesterday, Iranian surrogates fired a missile into Saudi Arabia, striking the arrivals terminal of an international airport, injuring 26 people. Taken as a whole, these unprovoked attacks present a clear threat to international peace and security, a blatant assault on the freedom of navigation, and an unacceptable campaign of escalating tension by Iran. Prime Minister Abe made a trip, a historic trip to Iran, to ask the regime to de-escalate and enter into talks. Iran's Supreme Leader rejected Prime Minister Abe's diplomacy today by saying he has no response to President Trump and will not answer. The Supreme Leader's government then insulted Japan by attacking a Japanese oil, oil tanker just outside of Iranian waters, threatening the lives of the entire crew, creating a maritime emergency. Iran's foreign minister today responded to these attacks. He said sardonically, quote, suspicious doesn't begin to describe what likely transpired this morning, end of quote. Foreign Minister Zarif may think this is funny, but no one else in the world does. Iran is lashing out because the regime wants our successful maximum pressure campaign lifted. No economic sanctions entitle the Islamic Republic to attack innocent civilians, disrupt global oil markets, and engage in nuclear blackmail. The international community condemns Iran's assault on the freedom of navigation and the targeting of innocent civilians. Today I've instructed our UN Ambassador Jonathan Cohen to raise Iran's attacks in the UN Security Council meeting later this afternoon. Our policy remains an economic and diplomatic effort to bring Iran back to the negotiating table at the right time, to encourage a comprehensive deal that addresses the broad range of threats. Threats today apparent for all the world to see, to peace and security. Iran should meet diplomacy with diplomacy, not with terror, bloodshed, and extortion. The United States will defend its forces, interests, and stand with our partners and allies to safeguard global commerce and regional stability. And we call upon all nations threatened by Iran's provocative acts to join us in that endeavor. Thank you. All right. That's what the uh, Secretary of State had to say today uh, to the press. It's a pretty long litany of things that Iran has been up to. And then we can roll back into the Iraq war that uh, we had to prosecute and uh, that uh, Iran uh, got involved in. They're the ones that went in and literally taught uh, insurgents how to make uh, roadside bombs and IEDs and how to penetrate our armor vehicles and wound and kill our soldiers. And, uh, of course, uh, previous administrations did nothing about that. In fact, try uh, didn't do anything because they thought they were going to get this big nuclear deal, which was just a giveaway uh, to uh, the Iranians. So uh, they're playing a dangerous game at this time. And the reason they're playing this game is because these sanctions that have been leveled on them is really, really hurting. Uh, do I expect them to give in? It'd be a big surprise to me, probably a big surprise to most of you who listen to this show uh, in whether the uh, 
you know, the Iranians will give up on that. I learned something yesterday. I wanted to bring this up to you. I was talking to somebody about this. Uh, You know, Attorney David Couch has been on uh, my show. We've had him on several times dealing with his uh, piece of uh, his his uh, wanting to change uh, for medicinal marijuana on the uh, uh, last ballot. And uh, he uh, has got another one that's he's trying to get the necessary signatures with. As you know, after the uh, census, the uh, governor, the um, AG, our, our state AG, Rutledge, and our uh, secretary of state uh, uh, will all get together and, and sit down and, and draw out the new district lines uh, here in Arkansas. Now, taking you back a little bit, I, I, I don't know the exact dates of this. I go back, and uh, I think it was Frank White when he won the governorship. Uh, to do the redistricting, it was the party that controlled the governor's mansion. Well, when Frank White won that, they changed it to the party that controlled the most uh, constitutional offices. So the Republicans uh, didn't have uh, the, the the majority in sitting down and redistricting. The Democrats still have it, and they've had it for 125, 135 years. So I was talking to John Thurston Wednesday. I ran into him at the uh, ceremony at the rotunda uh dealing with um linda collins all there for a very sad occasion i got to to discuss with thurston about this and asking him when the, the redistricting was going to begin and and whatnot and he said you know uh well keep in mind that couch has a new piece of legislation a new a new uh, initiated act that he's trying to put on the um, ballot this next year. And I said, uh, and what's that about? He says he wants a, a special commission put together to decide who, uh, how they do the redistricting. Now, I don't know how, I haven't read it. I don't have any idea how they want to make it different than it is right now. But yeah, I find it interesting that these new ideas come up uh, when the Republicans' time comes up to do the redistricting. I mean, this would be the first time... Uh, since Reconstruction, that uh, you'd have a Republican governor, you'd have a Republican attorney general, Republican secretary of state do the redistricting. We've always been in the minority, and it always is this passes uh, to do this redistricting the way that we're doing it if two members uh, vote for it. I mean, you can ask Mark Martin what that was like. When BB and the AG was uh, were Democrats, 
and then you uh, turned around and you had one Republican. He wasn't even invited at times to the meetings. So keep your eyes open, and if someone approaches you asking you to sign a petition to change it, don't sign it. Say, nope, not going to do it. Not going to do it. It just strikes me as being uh, awful interesting that this comes up now when we're the ones that would be uh, taking care of the redistricting. It would be interesting, and it's really important. Redistricting is very important, and the Democrats know that. And they've done everything in their power to keep control of redistricting so that they can try to keep uh, control of the, the legislature. Now, they've lost that control, and they've lost even more so. Uh, they've lost uh, uh, even getting close to having a majority or, or having a large group of Democrats in the state house or the state Senate. So now's not the time to change it. It's time for the Republican Party to be able to do that with the governor, the AG, and the secretary of state. At least I feel that way. All right, let's take a break. And by the way, I I do want to get David Couch back on. I want to talk to him about this, and I also want to talk to him about recreational marijuana. We talked about that a couple of years ago, and uh, he seemed to be leaning towards, as soon as he thought there was enough people that he thought would vote for it, he put it on the ballot again. I expect it to be on next year's ballot for you to vote on. So Dave Ellswick show, uh, Robert Steinbach will be with us in a few moments here to join us after the news. All right, 4 o'clock hour. Dave Ellswick Show, don't forget at 5 o'clock, uh, we're going to repeat my interview from the 2 o'clock hour, if you didn't hear it, with J.R. Davis, the governor's spokesperson, has a very uh, big news item, breaking news. Uh, they've reached an agreement with the folks up there in northwest Arkansas that are uh, running the uh, hog operation up there for them to cease it. And uh, they will be paid back money that they put into this uh, operation. And uh, they will not continue it. So the water basin up there for uh, the river will be safe for people who, of course, uh, spend a lot of time tubing and canoeing and things uh, down uh, down that river. So that's a big that's big news. You'll hear all about it in the final hour. Stick around the Dave Ellswick show to hear that. And uh, he'll give you the latest on what's going on with the, the flooding. Talk about the governor's trip coming up uh, for business uh, over in Europe. A lot of good information coming up in the final hour here at the Dave Ellswick show. So this is my last live hour with you, and there's a couple things I want to talk about. One of the big decisions uh, of who I'll vote for in a presidential election or in any election, to be honest with you, is life. Um, I believe if a politician cannot support life, they're probably not going to support anything that I can get behind. That's just my feelings about it. And uh, so you got former uh, Vice President Joe Biden out flip-flopping all over the place about abortion. I want to talk a little bit about that. I'm going to send a article to Elizabeth. I'll post this on my uh, Facebook page so that you can 
listen to what the vice president said and, and how he's changed. Uh, former Vice President Joe Biden once took a middle-of-the-road approach to the abortion debate. That's according to a video. Now, that's their words, not mine. I don't think there is a middle ground in the abortion debate. You know, the middle ground is, you know, safe but rare and all of the rest of the things they say. In fact, it's stuff that Biden says. The Democratic 2020 presidential hopeful spoke to Texas Monthly in 2006, and then the interview was later uploaded to YouTube in 2008 about his approach to abortion, which he said drew anger from Republicans and Democrats. Biden explained in the video that he was, quote, a little bit of an odd man out in the Democratic Party, adding that although he voted against partial birth abortion, he also voted for no restrictions on access to the procedure. I made everybody angry, Biden says. I made the right to life people angry because I won't support a constitutional amendment or limitations on a woman's right to exercise her constitutional right as defined by Roe v. Wade. And I've made the groups, the women's groups and others very angry because I won't support public funding and I won't support partial birth abortion. The former uh, vice president said because of this, he foresaw his presidential bid being, quote, very difficult, unquote. Quote, I do not view abortion as a choice and a right, Biden said. I think it's always a tragedy, and I think that it should be rare and safe. That was what the party DNC always said. That was their way of kind of scooting around the issue. And I think we should be focusing on how to limit the number of abortions. And that's the way it's been for years now. And now in certain states, it's been to the point that many abortion clinics have closed down because business is very, you know, basically non-existent. There ought to be able, we ought to be able to have a common ground and consensus as to do that. He added that most Americans think abortions could be limited. And since uh, 06, I think we can all agree that uh, those, those bills have moved forward in states. But that the country is in a position to either eliminate all abortions or to have abortion on demand. The fact of the matter is, I've never known of a woman having an abortion saying, by the way, I feel like I'm going to go out and have an abortion. It's always a tragic decision made. Always a difficult decision. And I think we should focus on how to deal with women not wanting abortion. The 2020 presidential hopeful has changed his stance on that since he made those comments. Remember, that was 2006. We are now in 2019. He flipped on the Hyde Amendment now. Uh, This month, following backlash from Democrats and pro-choice groups, The Hyde Amendment bans the use of federal funding for abortions except in cases of rape, incest, or if the mother's life is in danger. Spokesman for Biden's campaign told CNN the candidate supports a woman's right to choose and he believes that we are in a moment of unprecedented assault on choice in this country. But he said earlier that he didn't believe it was a choice. Uh, And as president, he would fight to preserve Roe v. Wade, and he has called for it to be codified into law. 
Biden's campaign did not immediately respond to a request comment from the Daily Caller News Foundation. Now, I'm going to post this on my Facebook so you can hear exactly word for word what Biden had to say. Not been edited or anything like that. You can can watch and see what he said during that interview. But he's changed uh, in his what he has said about abortion. And as I was just telling you, um, I won't vote for somebody that thinks that abortion is okay. It's not okay. It's as uh, what that feminist said that I keep playing for you uh, from the left, that it's killing. She made that very clear. She said uh, it's killing. And uh, Sophie Lewis who I'm talking about, and that what the DNC and and what people who uh, want uh, abortion unfettered, they, they want to be able to kill unborn children. She says she's not interested in, in when life begins. She's not interested in having that argument. She says that if you're pro-abortion, then the bottom line is a woman should be unfettered from having it from the moment of conception all the way up to just before the baby is born. Um, No, no, I got my stack from yesterday sitting over here. Let me see if I still have one story from yesterday that I talked a little bit about. And that was the uh, the governor uh, from uh, Vermont. And yesterday he signed into law, uh, you know, you know, for people for women being able to have um, an abortion up to the moment of birth. I, I don't have it here right now. Maybe in that pile, but I'm going to sit here and make you listen to me rattle papers and 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 try to find it. That it's every woman's right. To, see, to end the pregnancy whenever she decides she wants to end the pregnancy. And my, my follow-up question to that is always been and always will be, if somehow you're, you're kind of like sprinkling pixie dust on an unborn child when its head crowns uh, out of the birth canal, uh, how long before we get to the point and and we'll get there because the discussion has already started for the mother to say well I don't want the child now just let it die on a table over there you know make sure you give it some some uh, conservative comfort you know put a blanket over it so at least it's just going it's going to be warm as it dies I mean that that's the kind of things that uh, that we are talking about here uh, now in our country, and evidently this does not seem to uh, bother people anymore. To have just having the discussion to me is a horrible thing that we've lost our respect for life so much in this country, and there's more. To the whole discussion, but I'll not belabor the point here on the air, except to say that I could not vote for Mr. Biden for the simple reason 
he believes it's all right up until the moment of up until the moment of birth. And now he believes it's a woman's choice, which he didn't before. You know, what he's shown is he's not a common sense kind of person, but he's a politician doing what he thinks he has to do to try to win the Democratic nomination to run for president of the United States. He's done it, you know, looked to do it twice before and didn't get the chance. He's not going to get a chance, I believe, for the third time either. 18 after four, a break. Uh, Again, Robert Steinbach will be with us for a few moments here in the 4 o'clock hour on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you. Robert Steinbach has uh, joined us here in the studio. We'll get him talking with us in just a moment. Hey, don't forget about uh, Applied Research Center of Arkansas. They're looking uh, for people to take part in their clinical trials, and they got several clinical trials going on and that you could be involved on, uh, involved in. For you to get involved in them, you got to meet certain requirements. For instance, they got one on neck and back pain going on. Uh, you have to be ages 18 to 65. And this has got to be sudden onset back pain, which is due to muscle spasms. I'm sure you've had that happen before. I know I've had it happen before, but it's going on right now. That's the big question. And uh, if it is, then they could use your participatory uh, powers to say you want to do this. Remember, you get the medicine free. Uh, you you get paid for taking part in the in the trial. It's a, it's a good deal. And they're enrolling in some other studies like diabetes. If you got type 2 diabetes, then you're being treated to, on metformin only. Uh, if you're 18 or older, then you can get into that. They've got one for constipation. This is for ages just 7 to 17. If your child suffers from constipation, you give them a call and they'll give you the details of how your child uh, could be part of this. Now, remember, all of these medicines and and things that they're talking about are ready to go on market. These are the final tests. So uh, it's not like you're giving your child or you're going to be taking uh, some kind of a, a medicine that uh, hasn't been uh, tested at all, that you're the first one taking it. That's not the case. And they got a little testosterone study going on, a, tr- a trial as well, for ages 45 to 80. Call 501-954-7822. That's 501-954-7822. That's Applied Research Centers of uh, Arkansas. Keep that uh, in mind. All right. So, Robert, how are you today, brother? I'm doing well, my friend. How are you? I'm doing good. Look, one of the big stories that we've been talking about today is what happened over in the Middle East with Iran. Iran is starting to start to edge out on thin ice. Starting? I mean, starting? I'm just saying really getting out on thin, thin ice and this time uh, attacking two oil tankers i mean secretary of state pompeo we played this last hour uh his press conference with uh, the press about no doubt in their mind that iran was behind the attacks uh and then he went through the litany of all the things that iran has been doing the only thing that he didn't do was go all the way back to the iraq war and talk about how iran using proxies uh talked to the militants over there and taught them how to make IEDs. And it's what they're doing to this very day, right? They yes. support terrorism 
across Hamas and Hezbollah wouldn't be around if it wasn't for Iran. Hundred percent. And of course, as we well know, Obama uh, decided that he was going to give them billions of dollars and get all cozy with them because, as you know, he was a globalist, is a globalist. By the way, as much as the left might scream and yell, that's not an insult. I think it's an awful philosophy, but it's descriptive. This is a man who wanted to distribute power across the world, including to nations like Iran. Iran is run by a bunch of kooks, by a bunch of kooks. Yeah, they are now. There's no doubt about it. What we need to do is we need to put our military ships in that area. They're there. Right? Fifth Uh, fleet's there. Exactly. To protect uh, the the free uh, traversing of those waters. And if Iran decides to intercede, we need to sink them. If they use a boat to intercede, we need to sink them. It's that simple. You know, oh, you're a real tough guy over here, you know, sitting on a radio station in Arkansas. Listen, here's the funny thing about the leftists. They can make a recipe for vanilla cake 18 pages long. Life is not always so complicated. There are a bunch of bad actors in the world. By the way, Dave, there'll always be a bunch of bad actors. In and the Iran world. is one of the They're leading the roles. They're yeah. the top. They're crummy people. Not the country, not the Persians. The Persians, by the way, very nice people. If you ever met someone from Iran, they, they go by Persian, and they're very nice people. But those those mullahs that run the country? Nuts. Crackpots. <laughs> Crackpots, and that is scientifically determined. I dipped one of them in a crackpot test, and it came back positive. You cannot, th- you know, the, 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 there's no dealing with them. By the way, you know it's a bad deal. You know that the Obama deal was a bad deal when the foreign minister for Iran is on television saying, oh, well, you guys got a good deal out of that, and you should stick by your deal. Really? Really? Because you want the continued benefits of that deal. And guess what? Trump says, no dice. And, you know, the, the, the lefty news keeps saying, well, there's tension in the Trump administration because people like, um, oh, who's the national security guy now? I forget his name. You know, with the funny mustache. Oh, you're talking about uh, uh, Bol- Bolden. Bolden, yeah. Bolden, right. He's pushing for war more than Trump is. By the way, I think that's accurate. But that's how an administration works, right? He's one, he's one of my favorite people, by the way. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, no, just, I know right, that. But right, I, exactly. I've had him on my show oh, yeah. a million times. Oh yeah, but he's he's very hawkish, uh, and Trump is somewhat less hawkish. Well, that's yeah, that's good. Meaning that's debate. That's discuss- one guy's in charge. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, there are people who are more hawkish and people who are less hawkish. But you know what? Obama and in his administration were they were prostate prostrate to the Iranians and other terrorist nations. That's enough. We say no. That's it. It's very simple. No dice. Oh, well, you know, Trump's in bed with the Russians. Really? Is that why he's building a U.S. military camp in Poland on Russia's border? Do you think they like that idea, by the way, Dave? You think they're... Russia has always wanted a piece of Poland. Always. In all time. Of course, we well know, by the way, a little bit of history uh, for for your audience, uh, that everybody uh, thought that the Nazis 
invaded the world all by themselves. Nope. When the Nazis started out, they had a pact with the Soviets. Yes, they did. And the Soviets and the Nazis both invaded Poland three weeks apart, and that was the beginning, what's considered the beginning of World War II, although uh, the Germans had already taken uh, Czechoslovakia and uh, Austria. Uh, And only roughly, and it's only because I don't remember, a year later (laughs) when the Nazis decided uh, that they no longer wanted to be allied with the with the Russians, in part because of their racist views, and they saw Russians as a lower people. Yeah, subspecies. Right? A subspecies, like they did Jews and and virtually anybody else. Right? Um, they uh, the the Nazis turned against the Soviets, and then the Soviets, of course, uh, joined the Allies. All right, let's keep your thoughts. Yes, I'll do we'll it. come back and pick up after news and after. Uh, you, we talk about this. You know, Sarah uh, Sanders is leaving as press secretary. It's what Trump said that, that makes it very interesting. What? Oh. I didn't know that. Yeah. All right. Back. And Robert Steinbach is back. Remember, his opinions are his and his alone, not necessarily those of uh, Bowen School of Law or UALR. You may continue, sir. Well, I was just uh, giving a bit of history and how the Soviets were with the Nazis until the Nazis turned on them. So nowadays, I saw recently some meme on some social media where some pro-Russian group or individual was saying, remember, Russia saved the world from the Nazis. Let me be clear. It's unlikely that we would have been able to defeat the Nazis, certainly in the way that we did, but perhaps at all, without the help of the Russians. So they are entirely due credit for helping to stop the Nazis. But they're equal, maybe not, they're substantially due blame for allowing the Nazis to start their initial attack uh, against the world. Yes. And so with the good comes the bad. Yeah. So I just want to remember a little bit of that history because you never hear that when people say, well, Russia saved the world. First of all, Russia didn't save the world. Russia contributed. Yes. Undoubtedly. And then tried to crush the rest of the world. Well, of course, here's the other interesting thing about Poland. You know, I did my Fulbright scholarship uh, a few years back in Poland, and I was on the air On the show with us all the time while you were over there. And uh, um, when the Nazis were defeated, of course, they were pushed out of Poland. Guess who was never pushed out of Poland? The Russians. They stayed. And they were invaded. One of of their Warsaw Pact people. That's right. And they were in, I think, until 91. So uh, the fact is that... Thank you, Mr. Valenza. Yeah. Valenza. So so the the, the Russians invaded Poland with the Nazis in 39 and left in 91. So let's not forget that part. Oh, well, we saved the world from the Russians and then imposed our authoritarian communism, uh, a form of socialism, by the way, on the Poles as well as the whole Eastern Bloc. Uh, and now, by the way, Bernie's trying, well, you see, what I mean by socialism is banana. What? <laughs> what? Because he has now come to the sound realization that socialism is an entirely failed political philosophy. No country in this world has ever, ever succeeded with socialism. 
But they've never done Bernie Sanders' right, version. That's it. You haven't done our flavor. That's the right. The Soviets said, try ours. The Cubans said, try ours. The, the Venezuelans said, try ours. But no, no, no. You didn't try apple grape version from Bernie. <laughs> that's the one that works. Yeah, and look at Bernie. He's got three homes. He's got oh, himself yeah, he's a nice great. beach house. All based on socialist economic yeah. theories. You yeah, know, he sure, gave huh? away his book from those who are able to write the book to those who want to read it. That's a mockery, by the way, of a famous saying from Marx. You know, from those with abilities to those with needs. And so Bernie gave away that book, right, to those who needed it. Right, Dave? Yeah. No! No! He sold that book and he pocketed that money, that greedy, evil capitalist that he apparently is. Yep, he is. You know, the Doesn't truth want is, to admit it, though. Right, but of course, the truth is, Dave, that's not the apt descriptor. It's not greedy, evil capitalist. It's hypocrite. He's a hypocrite. So now he's trying to remake the word socialist into who knows what. Maybe he just wants to say he's a big liberal redistribution of wealth Democrat. All right. Then say that. Yeah. But he see, none of these people can correct themselves. Even Joe Biden gets on television. I've got whiplash. I had to go to the sports medicine doctor because my neck has gone back and forth so many times trying to understand Biden when it comes to the Hyde Amendment. I'm for it. I'm against it. I'm for it. I'm against it. Same thing with China. Are they a threat or aren't they? Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, Joe Biden's position on abortion is – there should be no abortion after the child graduates from college. That's it. He has a very firm anti-abortion position. After graduating from college, no abortion. You're, you're going to love this. I just posted, uh, or I didn't. Elizabeth just posted yeah. on Facebook. For all of you who are friends on my Facebook, please go and check out uh, Biden's interview from 2006 with uh, Texas Monthly. And here what he thought of abortion then and what he thinks about abortion now. Listen, Dave, there's no way you can actually disagree with Joe Biden. You know why? He doesn't agree with to, himself. Well, you just have to pick the position of his that he actually had at what point that you like. So you won't disagree with him. It may not be the current position, but even the current position is not the current position. You know who I'm thinking? I'm, I'm, I got a new name for him. Yeah. John Kerry 2.0. Yeah. yeah. Oh, John Flip, Kerry. Flip-flop. Flip flop. The, the, saying the only difference is John Kerry's got so much Botox in his face when a mosquito <laughs> stings him, it dies. All right, it's pretty. It I haven't seen him lately. Face. Between that and, and why he's not in jail about the Logan Act, I'll never know. But anyway, here was the other story I really wanted to talk to you yes, about sir. today, and I caught you unawares because um, it's breaking news that nobody's talking about yet. Go ahead. After three and a half years. Sarah Huckabee Sanders is leaving the White House at the end of June and going back to Arkansas. That's a tweet from uh, Donald Trump. It's what he said at the end of the tweet that I found yeah, interesting. Yeah. Because it makes me question, does he know something that we all don't know? Has she said something that sometimes he, does. he let something slip out? Right. Quote, I hope she decides to run for governor of Arkansas. He said, uh, Sarah, thank you for a job well done. And I'm going to tell you what, I told somebody about this, and I got directly back from him from the text saying, yeah, that's great, <laughs> clapping, thumbs up right. already. Right. I'm just 
Could change. To oh, I think she would garner a, a lot of support fairly quickly. I am a Tim Griffin uh, supporter. We both are. Right. Uh, uh, um, of course, uh, uh, equally, uh, Bob Ballinger for Attorney General. Um, as you know, uh, since we're going through it, Dan Sullivan up there in uh, Craighead County for State Senator. Um, uh, I'm a big fan, as you know, of Kim Hammer. He's not up for re-election yet. Um, I'm not sure if I've forgotten anybody offhand. But I think you've hit everybody. I've hit the big, the big ones, ones, right? Um, so, uh, uh, oh, uh, what are the two marks that we uh, that you often have on the show that we talk to? Mark Lowry, right? Mark Lowry, I'm a big fan of, and Mark, and Mark Johnson, Johnson, I'm a big fan of. Both so, of them are not up for re-election, right? Right. Well, I take that back. Mark Mark Lowry will because he's House. So he'll, oh, he'll, that's right. He's no, up that's right. For, for that's re-election. exactly right. Johnson is not. He just got elected to the right. state senate. Right, right, right. And, and, well, and Mark was just elected, but he's elected every two years, so mm-hmm. he'll be up again. Right. Um, in any event, um, that but that certainly will make for some interesting politics. I'll tell you that right now. It opens up. I mean, <laughs> today and people hear this in the next hour because we're going to replay my interview with Jerry Davis. But towards the end of the interview, I asked him about gubernatorial. Uh, politics. What do you say? I didn't, and, I didn't well, he it. did a nice job of, of dodging of, it. Yeah, right. of moving out of the way and saying that the governor doesn't see himself as halfway through his new term. He sees right. himself for four years, you right. know. And right. I understand that. Sure. So, because I, I asked that anybody, had, you know, send him a box of wine or anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ask him for his endorsement. Right, exactly. Yeah. I'm, and, uh, I, yeah. I'm not sure boxed wine would, uh, would get it, but nonetheless. One of those rubber ball yeah. things full of wine. Exactly. All right, let's get a, a, quick, a quick break here. But, uh, boy, I tell you what, that would be an unbelievable primary. It would stir primary. things up. I'll tell you that right now. It would be an yep. unbelievable primary. Hey, don't forget about uh, Dwayne Smith's insurance agency. doesn't matter what you're insuring. They will help you insure it as well as you can at the best price that you can what you need to do is call them at 501-819-0373 ask them for a sit down time that you can bring in your insurance plans sit them down look at what Allstate offers at uh, Dwayne Smith Insurance Agency see how much they can save you and see how much more coverage they can get you 501-819-0373. 501-819-0373. That's the Dwayne Smith Insurance Agency at 3920 East Keel Avenue, Sherwood. And talk with content. What can I tell you? Anyway, we'll talk about where you can get con- you know, content-less. Content-less talk. That's kind of like meatless meat. Meatless meat. <laughs> I-, I thought you were talking about you know that, that stomach d- disorder, you know. Yeah. It, it contentless. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Did you see the... Pepto-Bismol now has a new pill. They got capsules that you can take, so you don't have to taste this stuff. You know, everybody you says, just oh, swallow it. I think this stuff tastes okay. It tastes like peppermint. I don't know why it's, oh, I, you know, I think I do know why it's pink. I think the underlying chemical is pink. Yeah. But, um, bismuth. Yeah, or bismuth, what? right. Yeah. Um, but it never never really bothered me, the taste of it. Yeah. It's like N- Maalox. Yeah. You ever taken Maalox? I have once or twice. It's like much, yeah. drinking liquid chalk. Yeah, that is, because it's a chalky, that's <laughs> yeah. what it is, right? It's an antacid. But it works. Yeah. I'll give you credit. It works. Okay, so did you see about attorney David Couch? You know about him. Yeah, he's the guy that goes around getting um, signatures for ballot initiatives. Basically, that's what I, That's not a criticism, by the way. That's a description. He does that. Well, he was the advocate for medical marijuana. Right, and, and, and got some other passed. things, too, by yeah, the way. Got it passed. Yeah. I was talking uh, with the Secretary of State, uh, Thurston, on Tuesday. <clears throat> 
and was ta- asking him questions about when the redistricting would take place. Now, it has to happen after. After the next election. It, it is after the right, next election. Right, just after the next election. Okay, yeah. so uh, here's what's interesting is that, um, of course, this time will be the first time in the history of Arkansas that uh, the Republicans will do the redistricting. That's right. That's All right. right. We've got a governor. We've got the AG ship. We've got the secretary of state uh, uh, position. And since we got all of those and uh, the Democrats have none, so we get to do it. Right. Well, just as we get ready to do it, attorney David Couch is going to go out and get signatures and try to get people to agree that it shouldn't be the political parties that right. do it. Of course. It needs to be uh, some kind of uh, uh, group. Yes, yeah, How it gets put together, unbiased, who knows? Yada, yada, yada. Yeah, right, they'll be course. unbiased, oh, of, of course. course. That's, right. what the, exactly. that's the big exactly. thing. So today I was telling people this is coming and don't sign, don't sign the petition. It. I'll tell you right now, don't sign it. It's very simple, Dave. Look, it's the first time we Republicans have an opportunity to do the redistricting. It's our time. It's our time. Start, we right? can get rid of the finger. Well, Come on. <laughs> we can give him the finger, too, right? <laughs> but um, uh, that's exactly right. Well, Russ, was that your idea? Was that joke yours? Where did I get? No. He Russ wrote is, it. He yeah, gave it Russ to you as you walked the in. Card. Yeah. Exactly. I'm telling you. <laughs> Write your letters. Attention, Dave Ellswick. In any event. Um, so, no, it's our turn to do the uh, redistricting. The redistricting. I see Russ, Russ is giving me the stink eye now from the booth there. <laughs> yeah. Right? Um, well, I've been enough like, today already. I'm yeah, done. Yeah, he's already he's done. Man. He's done. He's, he's checked done. out. Um, but the point is, if you get a, if you see a ballot coming around to uh, shift how redistricting is done, tell him I'll sign that in four years. That's all. That's all. <laughs> that's I'll good. sign in four years. That's all. You know, there's a there, the big thing that's going on up by the Supreme Court is about the question: Are you a citizen? Oh, right, right, right. For the, the U.S. Supreme Court, yes. Uh, dealing with the, uh, um, what is it, the census on the That's census. That's right. That's right. The left now is asking them to postpone the census. Oh, is that right? Yes. It's crazy. The left never liked the census. They would always want adjustments made to the census based on their analysis of how many people there are. Well, if you can adjust it based on your analysis, why do the census at all, right? Of course, you should. Because evidently it. you know Right, Everything you know that's necessary. Well, it's the same thing as the polls. Well, we know Hillary's going to win. How'd that work out for you? <laughs> right? That's all I mean. How'd that work out for you? By the way, have you noticed that Joe Biden is quite literally running Hillary's campaign? Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, she. It's well, he's a, he's a threat to our very existence. Man, I can't remember where I heard that before. Oh, yeah. Hillary. Four years ago. Right? And, oh, he disappears for long swaths of time and then comes back somewhat... Uh, confused and dazed. Where have I seen that before? Um, you know, it's really uh, 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 all of these Democrats, each one makes me laugh more than the other. I saw de Blasio on television oh, and they no. were saying, well, you know, you're not going to make the cut for the debates because you have negative 2%. People actually are say, are are going into the polls hoping that you don't run. Um, and he says, well, you know, if you don't include me in uh, the uh, the the debates. This is a problem for diversity. This is how over the top the left have gotten. So the problem for diversity is that one of the few white men running in the Democratic primary won't get to be up on stage. Listen, I'm not the 
check the box diversity advocate for who gets to attend an event. But the left is, and guess who don't get to check a box? White men. So Bill de Blasio, you ain't coming. Well, Harris amazed me yesterday. This is a woman who is grasping now to try to stay on uh, the radar for president. Trying to be relevant. You make me president and I'll indict Donald Trump. Wait, wait, Dave, I'm confused. I thought the locker up chant uh, chant by Republicans was inappropriate, but here the candidate wants to lock up the sitting president. I'm confused. I'm not. It's the left. Hypocrites. (laughs) Hypocrites is what they are, right? And then, of course, Warren... um, Warren was called out. We may have talked about this previously. She was on some a morning show with two uh, black uh, interviewers. Oh, they got on her about her Indian yeah, yeah, heritage. They said, You're like Rachel Donazal. Oh, the, that was right? For those who don't remember, Rachel Donazal was the completely white woman. Who, who said did, she, she identified as black. Yeah, she said, I'm black. I'm saying, by the way, Dave, just as an aside, I'm a tomato. But putting that <laughs> putting that aside, uh, I'm a tomato. But 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 um, uh, uh, Elizabeth Warren uh, is uh, is a Native American. So they said, well, it's not like the same thing that Rachel Donazal did. So so wow, um, and she said, did well, not have an answer. Yeah, she well, my grandmommy told me that that we were part Indian or something because we like had that. high cheekbones. Well, by the way, by the way. <laughs> I've got no problem with the fact that her grandmother told her that. I've got no problem with the notion that maybe some some you know distant relative uh, was a um, uh, an American Indian. I really I have no problem and with her discussing all that. But on her bar card in Texas, mm-hmm. she wrote when it said um, what is it race? She yes. said Native American. This woman's more white than the tissue box sitting in front of me. <laughs> a Native American? Are you kidding me? So that's the point. Is like, yes, I understand that she might, by the way, might is being exceedingly generous, but she might have sm- some small percentage of Native American. But she put that as her only identity on her bar card. That is called fraud. We have long suspected, in all seriousness, in my family, that some were up, 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 you know, when Attila the Hun sort of invaded uh, Europe and raped and pillaged his way through right. that that we have some of that blood in our family because in particular one of my sisters had some asian features more so when she was young and and so we suspect but it's a guess it's a, but we don't check asian <laughs> we don't check asian when we apply to college I mean, it's just such a – yeah, you can have a discussion with your family. You can say, look, of course, we don't know all the history and we know some and we suspect some. So I've got no problem with the fact that her grandmammy, because she's so you know country, yeah, right? Yeah, don't yeah, you love yeah. how this Harvard law professor is so country? My grandmammy. Are you serious? <laughs> Are you serious? You probably uh, addressed her by her last name, my grandmammy, right? So, so uh, um, that she told you that you had some Indian blood. Good. That makes for some interesting fact and, and diversity and discussion. It doesn't make you check the box uh, Native American or American Indian That's as right. the only racial identity. By the way, she wrote it in. It wasn't <laughs> even a box. She wrote it in on the bar card. You know what that is? Fraud. That's what that is, Dave. <laughs> right. You know, I'm always glad that I invite you to come on. You're such a... 
just calm guy. Well, the thing is, Dave, I just took the volume. It hasn't kicked in yet. And, you know, so we got, you, get, you know, at 530 when you're off the air, then it's going to kick in. That's it. Robert Steinbach, thank you for joining us today. I'll see you on Monday, sir. We're going to do the report card from Conduit News. That should be very interesting, Indeed. to say the least. Indeed. God bless. All right. Going to take a break. Uh, coming up, you've got the uh, repeat of the interview that I did uh, with J.R. Davis. A lot of interesting and breaking news in that, so stick around. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.